What's going on? It's CJ the Day Slayer from the Upgrade America podcast. I believe this is episode 17. It gets like that sometimes. We do a lot of work here. Um, like, share, subscribe. Hope you guys enjoy. We appreciate you, upgraders. Peace. Okay, IG live. What up? What up? What up? What up? <laughs> we get real hype. This is this is that time, man. Very therapeutic what we do right here. But peace, world, and God bless all of our haters and upgraders. You are witnessing a wonderful work in progress. This is hold on. Upgrade America. I'm Cameron Ra, your favorite internet madman advisors who world leaders and such here with C C huh finish him CJ the day slayer what's happening on your end bro speak man tropical storm season hurricane season is upon us for you Floridians we know what it is so um we're good Miami got flooded already so there we go that's why I live in central Florida because it's inland it's not by the water so I will happily be away from the water but you're still um, impacted lightweight, right? Not right now. Um, North Florida would be even better. But Panhandle, South Florida. Um, so I think North and Central are pretty safe for the most part as far as erosion and all that. But anyway, um, the rundown today is let's compare cash stocks, real estate, Bitcoin. What's the best way to go to store generational wealth? What's up, Gabby? My, that's my sister on IG Live. Um, bridges fall in Pittsburgh before Biden arrives to discuss infrastructure. Mass shootings are on the rise across America as the world plans assertive measures towards gun control. Do you see the irony in politics and current events? We'll discuss this. Is the modular home and tiny house movement growing because inflation and the rising cost of rent and real estate? We'll discuss this. Um, let's see. We suggested people strengthen their defense by arming themselves. Teachers in Ohio may be able to take up arms. What's the best practice to roll out this policy? Hmm. And philosophical question of the day. Does a monkey have better survival skills than a human? And then we're going to throw in some fun stuff at the end. I saw Top Gun Maverick. I wanted to share my thoughts as a veteran, just as a, I guess, what do you call it, a cinephile? people that enjoy movies a lot um yeah so we'll get into it so i guess we're, we're we're leading off with our bitcoin discussion backed by popular demand cj checked the metrics and you know the, the numbers don't lie so we want to talk about cash stocks real estate and of course bitcoin and and, and storing generational wealth so my question for you cj is like how would you store if you had to pass on a billion dollars and for a hundred years how would you how would you store that um i mean it's gonna sound cliche but one of the things of investing is diversity and investment so a little bit of everything honestly you want cash i would say cash of the time because we're 
we're roughly cashless now almost mm -hmm. so whatever the cash would be which would be more likely bitcoin i would say um you want to have some of that on stash i would say definitely real estate land um they're not well they do make it but you know if you want to be cute and technical but they're not making it as the saying says so get land and real estate for sure stocks i think the stocks will still be around i think that's going anywhere so you definitely want some stocks going on um even to throw another one in if you have a very successful family business have that and maybe depending on your descendants because we know everybody's not business savvy and they say what after the second generation of business owners it usually fails yes so maybe sell it to a corporation and they live off the royalties if you know that your descendants are not going to be into business like that that'll be another way to set up generational wealth i think in my opinion I do like your ideas and they are traditional and tradition worked in, in, in conventional times but as we see from the blip we are not in traditional or conventional times like we discussed before that if you had your friends 401k which I, I, I did like you actually lost money because the inflation was greater than the return on the 401k but let's start with cash like um my, my experience in the desert came across a duffel bag of uh, how you say iraqi money and i thought all oh, my money problems will be over <laughs> but the iraqi government failed so that money was worth less than the paper it was printed on mm -hmm. where i'm going with this is where it's cash is trash cash is only as valuable fiat money cash is only as valuable as the government that is in power Right now, we have witnessed during the blip the threatening of, how do you say, of, of sovereignty. Of, uh, you have organizations that, that of unelected officials that, that deem themselves greater than, than sovereign nations. And um, overnight, your, your cash could be worth nothing, worth them. So that's just one scenario, however unlikely it is one. So I'll throw another question at you. Okay. Name one. Let's name three companies that are over 100 years old. So that'd be what? Probably GE, Procter and Gamble. Um. Hmm. Maybe Kodak. I think they're still around. Kodak. Yeah, I think they're still around. I'm, I'm not sure how, how they're standing or, or where they are established, but where I'm going to say is the risk with the stock market is companies go out of business every day. Big companies, companies who are too big to fail, companies with longevity who are too big to fail. And then even when you think about like these internet companies, Netscape and Webcrawler and all these other things, they mm -hmm. They, companies can become obsolete. You look at the auto industry, companies have become, big giants have become obsolete. When you think about uh, even media, you know, Disney has gobbled up everything. These little companies have become obsolete. So stock is, in, in that case, I consider it a Okay. We discussed uh, the other day uh, on another uh, podcast about eminent domain and how the notion of land 
and, and real estate can be subject to uh, it can be seized by you know the jurisdiction of the operating government so again you really don't own you don't really don't own land you really don't own the real estate and furthermore on the notion of land and real estate okay so god forbid america becomes quote unquote nazi germany all your land and real estate you ain't going across the border with that mm-hmm. it's there you, you you can't what can you do try to liquidate it real quick you, you really don't have that option why i say my argument is that bitcoin is the best storage of value long term as long as the internet is around bitcoin will, will be around there is no central point of failure like in a corporation where governments or other entities can seize and disband Bitcoin. They can't do that. Moreover, with the land, land can be seized through eminent domain and you can't put it in your pocket and go across the border with it. Bitcoin, governments cannot take it unless you give them their private keys. They would literally have to physically torture, waterboard every Bitcoin holder and truth serum and all that MK Ultra stuff to get a Bitcoin holder's key. You know? So that that creates a sense of security from you can't just take that from me. At the same time, the sense of portability is like, oh, okay, this government wants to be all crazy and tyrannistic. Fine, I will take my Bitcoin, which is equivalent to millions and billions, what have you, and then you can effortlessly move it across the border. Oh, you can't move your little thumb drive? Cool. All you have to memorize is 12 words. 12 words. And then all your wealth is stored. It's called SHA-256. SHA this is a uh, it's an encryption algorithm developed by the Department of Defense. All it is, is a bunch. It's, it's a group of like 2,000 words. But having them in a numerical order, meaning like cake, strawberry, cheese, blah, 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 blah. These random words in a certain order are called your private keys. And this allows you to move Bitcoin. So in the event that you can't move your keys on a, on a hardware wallet, you can store it in your mind. So again, you can move enormous wealth at the speed of lightning. Like, if for, for, for next to nothing, people are moving billions of dollars with, with, with Bitcoin for and paying like three cents. To me, that is incredible when Western Union wants to punch me in the butt every time for like a $4 payment, what have you. Do you oh, that's another company that's been around for 100 years plus, and I cannot stand Western Union, but go ahead. Bitcoin, Bitcoin rivals that. Bitcoin rivals that. And the thing, I emphasize data doesn't die. So this beloved podcast will be around in, in outer space know long after you know you know it represents swag on deck but like the notion of your stock is not on the blockchain your stock is on a database so if that fries great reset what have you there's no record of, you don't own that you, you really don't in a sense i don't know I, to me better than gold because even when you have chunks of gold Governments have taken gold in the past. Robbers can just be like, yo, give me that. And you'd be like, no, they shoot you and they still take it. Shoot me in the head. You're not getting my Bitcoin. Like, you're not getting it. So it's, 
it's it's a sense of property that uh, of, of property that, that I admire about Bitcoin. But that's just my pushback on it. Like I wouldn't feel like, oh, I have this house and I left it in, I left it in, in, in there for my kids. Something happened to lose the house. Oh, there's all these circumstances with these other assets. I feel like Bitcoin could be stored for generations, a thousand years. The last Bitcoin is it's not going to be mine until 2148 or something like that. But data doesn't die. I'll rent on Bitcoin all day. The, the, hey. the, love it so there you go that's part of upgrading america yeah that's a part i'll just retort real quick or give my thoughts um i listened to your analysis of every sector that we're discussing on this and you make valid points um i can even see that even though i'm a more of a traditionalist with trying to be um more of a futurist i guess you could say um but I would say, based on your argument, Bitcoin it would be the easiest as far as moving wealth overall. Like that's what I was hearing as you're discussing going down the line. That yeah. it's definitely the easiest now. The only concerns I would have is if you forget those codes and shit like that, then like you're stuck. Like, and that's why you I, have, how would that work? You have that's why you have something called a hardware wallet. Now a hardware wallet it keeps your private keys. So you don't have to remember them. You should yeah. still have those keys written down somewhere. Okay. Secure. And you know, in the event that your hard wallet fails or it's taken, stolen, whatever, your hard wallet is still protected by a pin. You know, but it's like even if that is entered in wrong, boom, then it's like it doesn't work anymore. But you need those. You, you need those keys. What I would recommend is like people store those keys, even on paper remove a couple words from it so even if they feed through a robber like ha 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 got those five keys and they're missing four they're missing five even if you're missing one you're gonna have a very difficult time how do you say uh you're gonna have a very difficult time covering that bit yeah okay um i think we wrap that up so we go to topic number two um infrastructure which is near and dear to our heart in upgrade america um we're talking about mass shootings obviously everybody's fatigued but this is going on constantly i think there's another shooting in charlotte i believe um anyway um we're talking about do you see the irony in politics and current events as far as infrastructure failing and mass shootings happening across america at the same time so we're trying to make the connections here what do you think? Um, we, we discussed before with the quote-unquote leak of the, uh, how do you say, the change on, on abortion, right? Yeah, Roe versus Wade, yeah. So it's like, I feel, and this is a, for entertainment purposes only, it's not the news, it's only speculation, it's no facts, just feelings. It's like, I feel like yes lawmakers are absolutely they are taking advantage of these events mm-hmm. but part of me feels maybe the whole false flag indication after the flip we've seen a huge power grab and it, that was just a taste and I dare say that people want more 
before you get more, the biggest thing you have to do is you have to do, you have to take those steps. So the irony I'm just saying is just like, is things being orchestrated? I don't know. It's hard not to look at it skeptical because during the blip, we had so much misinformation, lack of information. Um, we're fighting all of this while being isolated, away from our families, away from doing things that humans normally do. Um, because you gotta remember, we are social animals. So, um, not hearing experts out, not hearing civil debate medically during the blip, like all these things on top of all the laws that low-key passed, how uh, industries got PPP, was it PPP loans, which are like Fortune 500 companies when you had swaths of small businesses going out of business because they couldn't get those loans. And then on the third wave of the scammers, of course. So, you know, we got stimulus, UBI trial, and now we're seeing on the back end of that, basically the government recouping their loan, payday loan, as you could say. Um, wow, that's harsh. Yeah, like, and you start thinking about it, because I've had these discussions on Twitter, we've all been talking about, like, wait a minute. So we got all that stimulus to get it snatched back on the back end, which we all figured anyway. Um, if you're American, you know, like, you're not getting something for free, basically. So, all that to say, <clears throat> it's a lot of chess pieces moving around, definitely. Um, it's hard to see, like, I watched, we'll probably get into this, in topic four, but just a little sprinkle. I was watching reports of the person in the Texas shooting, school shooting, the per the border patrol person who stopped the shooter. And then I watched a mom who went and got her kids out of there. And the one thing that really was messing with me, you know this from law enforcement, you're supposed to control the situation, control the environment, cordons, yeah. Which for those people that don't know is like when you see the yellow tape and nobody but official personnel can go in and everybody got to keep track of for evidence purposes, chain of custody, all this good stuff, right? Or to keep the zombies in the uh, yeah, container. Exactly. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm listening to this, watching these clips, I'm sitting here like, are you kidding me? Everybody would have got kicked out of the military if we we failed at a scene like that, at a crime scene, at a situation like that. So I'm sitting here like, sounds intentional, like you just were saying, false flagging. And I'm not saying that these people didn't suffer. Shout out to those families who suffered losses in all these situations. But you got to sit here and wonder if you have all these trained law enforcement individuals. Yes. And you see footage of them not rushing in to neutralize the threat. And you have a mother unarmed go in there and get her kids out. She has more bravery than you. And you got backup everything. You got best, all this stuff. Really? It's, um, again, and this is just the analyst of me that just takes all this raw data. And we were trained to think objectively. And I, I process it and I think objectively. I'm like, okay, you got one horrific shooting in Buffalo. Yes, it shocks them, but not enough. Then you have something again with 
you know, children, and that really shocks, that really shocks America, and there's that fear, spike of fear, and then I don't have the details on what just occurred in Tulsa, beyond that, it was a person of color, a, a brother, and yeah, yeah, he shot his doctor or something, his surgeon or something like that, I think two other people got killed, I think, so, I don't know if he was killed or not. I don't remember that part. I'm assuming he was. I do want to, before we, we digress, I do want to say a, a, a Joe Rogan quote is that America has a mental health problem disguised as a gun problem. And that's something we need to have more discussions on how we are going to expand, you know, mental health to, to, to people to have, to have mental health. And for veterans as well, too, because there are some the last part first responders need uh mental health um and like social workers and i'm trying to think of another group these individuals as well need mental health services oh uh, medical professionals as well all these people need mental health uh what, what do you call it, uh, treatment or whatever, because they see a lot of stuff. They have PTSD, anxiety, et cetera. So we're not gonna exclude, it's not just military. We're gonna put this out there. America as a whole needs mental health, which I like seeing that we've grown to acknowledge this, but it's a hard turn. It's like turning a cruise ship. Like, you know, we've been kind of jacked up for centuries, so like, <laughs> You know, it's, uh, it's everyone has experienced trauma from growing up, and, 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 and this nation is, you know, you're gonna experience trauma. What we need to do is normalize speaking with. Okay, you're going for a checkup, checking this, that, the third. Spend like at least ten minutes, fifteen minutes with the counselor, you know, and then boom, 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 have some discussions, open up, and then you know. Get some, get some data and, and, yeah. and discuss. But what else we got uh, next on the rundown? All right. Topic number three is the modular home and tiny house movement growing because of inflation and the rising cost of rent and real estate. So take it away, sir. Oh, man. Well, um, I don't know. I will always take this moment to toot my own horn, but like, uh, I finished that electric motorcycle, got it up to like around 35 miles per hour, and it inspired me to pursue another project, which is Endgame, is what I would like to build, is an electric RV. Ooh, okay. Self-driving capability to go across the country, and, and, you know, but how it ties into the Tiny Home Initiative, like the blip, economic peril it made a lot of people reevaluate where they want to live and how they want to live mm-hmm. and it's it shows the whole emergence of the tiny the tiny home game it's a lot of simplifications i lived small like i mm-hmm. had some circumstances and you know I, I had to live small for for a while and it's a lot of sacrifices you have to make but you get a sense of freedom because you can own it you know, you essentially can own your home earlier rather than, hey, pay a mortgage until you die. What are your thoughts on it? Because you had some uh, some specs on how you wanted to design your place. 
Yeah, shout out to Zoe. What up, baby? Uh, and shout out to Queen S Double O. I know she popped up on here. Um, yeah, we're we're talking about small homes, tiny homes. Matter of fact, Zoe, my homeboy, is into construction and stuff like that. Developments, housing developments. We talk about this stuff all the time, actually. So for me. I want to go a little non-traditional when I do build my home. I want a mixture of a dome home and a storage shipping container home. I want to blend those two areas together for their durability, low maintenance, um, cheaper, um, especially with the supply chain issues, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I want to have a nice little plot of land and go from there for me and I, I'm a very low maintenance kind of person I know my stuff I don't like to keep maintaining on stuff um, as far as the tiny homes I've been finding this very interesting because our generation has struggled the most with home ownership versus all the other generations previously and that's because of inflation we have economic meltdown 08 we got terrorist stuff we got the blip now, then we got recession, basically. Um, so it forced it's, us it's to get more creative. Go ahead. I'm gonna elaborate. It's a lot of hurdles. Yo, shout out to, to you, CJ, and myself. We're military veterans. Cool. And we got the VA home loan. And yeah. it's like, even when you, you find a home that you like, you go through the hurdles, and then there's still a cost that you have to generate the closing costs and they mm -hmm. can be over ten thousand ten thousand dollars so yeah so for for us like okay cool ten racks you save up and you do that but for a person who does not have that va home loan they, they don't have to put that down payment there are great hurdles to the home ownership in america I, I just wanted to inject that no that's that's true i've been watching people on twitter uh, looking for homes like our age group millennial age group and younger um, Even talking about rent. We we're talking about rent prices like I know for me when I move my rent is gonna jump up What about four hundred dollars five hundred dollars ish and that's really conservative considering even here in the uh, Central Florida area everything's growing because of remote work people moving from Cali, wherever. It's more expensive, more taxes, they're moving here. So all the prices are raising everywhere. So I feel like I've been telling people, go to tiny home route, shipping container home route. Because uh, a lot of this stuff is expandable. So you start off with one bedroom, et cetera, but you can always expand as time goes along. So that's why I kind of like the route of going that way for me, something more modular. And modular homes are, Basically, they're already built in a factory controlled environment and basically they bring it on the site that's approved and all that and build just put your house together like Legos basically. Plug and play. Boom. Done. That 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 uh that leads into to my dream. And in case you haven't noticed, the upgrade America hats, they're they're 3D printed on deck, by the way. But as CJ mentioned, the modular homes, they're built off-site and then they're assembled like Legos. Legos are made of plastic. And essentially what I'm in the process of doing is building the tallest building in the world from plastic, recycled plastic. That's gonna clean up the environment. Moreover, it's gonna provide home for the homeless and room for vertical farms. And it's the, the, the project is called Skyward. 
and this is a way that we can substantially clean up the environment and homelessness, hunger, and, and radically shift the way that we build in, in America and in the world. But it's a module building, and that's why I'm thrilled to hear about, about that. Yeah, definitely. So I'll tell everybody who wants to own a home, there's so many avenues. Don't worry about the traditional way. Look at what works for you. How much room do you really need in your home? You know what I'm saying? Really think about that. Like, I'm single. I want three bedrooms because guests, family, stuff like that. Eventually, maybe family, wife, all that good stuff, right? But that's all I need. I don't need any more than that. But say if you're single and you don't plan on having nothing for a while, or even if you do have future plans, you can start that one, one bedroom house. Next Remember, and it's cheaper. There's so many companies out there. Just look at your options. That's all we're saying. Upgrade America. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, uh, S9 Shanaf? I don't know if I'm saying that right on IG Live. We got some viewers today. All right. What's up? But I, I right. One more thing is like the, the notion of homelessness, ending it is the tiny home movement is how homelessness is going to be ended. It's like the notion of giving everyone, oh, here's your your, your, your giant house with picket fences. Like, I don't see that. That is realistic because we have more houses that, than, than there are people in them. But I, I could totally see the tiny movement, the tiny home movement being significantly ending up, contributing to ending homes. And weirdly enough, I think that would follow me on this. I think that would build a little more community okay. compared to now. Because if you got a bunch of tiny homes together, it could go either way. You know how humans are. We dispute all that. But I feel like it would be more communal, you know, in a sense than how we are now. I don't know. I can see that, can particularly see. if it's like when you have, there are certain things you would have to share community places maybe even places to eat community garden things of that nature people putting back into your community i can totally see that i know they took the the tiny home and the how do you say uh you were just talking about it the container home yeah they took that that approach for veterans and i don't recall the, the town in california but they're giving veterans a tiny i'm sorry container homes there and then uh -huh. somewhere else they had they're doing a homeless project with tiny homes in i want to say what's the bay area no i think that was in georgia they were doing something there another tiny okay home. i know yeah. we, remember we shared that one in season two where they were doing it for the veterans those are very nice too those tiny homes they built for uh homeless veterans and zoe said homeless is Homelessness is not going to end anytime soon. That's what he's saying. I, 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 I do believe if we take... Here's the thing. We have all these billionaires and we have all these philanthropists and they can't do it. If we're going to end homelessness, we need to make take a capitalistic approach. We, have, we can house over 2 million prisoners. We can feed them. I mean, they got a place to live. You know, but you got to go to jail to, to, to do that. But they, we, they take... If we took a capitalistic approach with homelessness, we can end it. And I have a solution for that, but I'll just talk offline. 
Okay. What else, what else we got on the rundown? All right. Um, let's see. Topic four. We suggested people strengthen their defense by arming themselves. Teachers in Ohio may be able to take up arms in the classroom. What's the best practice to roll this out, this policy? Well, we're just tooting our own horns because CJ, they Slayer, and myself, we, we mentioned that, like, yo, little change of piece of papers is, is not going to, or background checks and all these additional measures, that's not going to stop it. It's becoming a harder target, strengthening our defense, and teachers are, are doing that. Best practice is like, hey, you have to be aware of your weapon. In addition to being aware of your kids, I would say you need a two-person concept, meaning a teacher and a firearm should not be alone with, like, let's say, 20 kids. Because if those kids hang up on them, they overcome that teacher, you know, you, then you have a, a situation. So that needs to be taken into consideration, a two-person concept. Also, the teacher needs to be cognizant of that weapon at every time. When you're addressing a student, you don't turn your weapon side to the student. You're going to turn your weapon side away from the student, and you're going to you're going to you're, if you're in close proximity to them, because you have to retain command and control of that weapon, or it can become a hazard. While I like the idea, nothing is good or bad. There there will some negative things could result from this, and we have to be prepared to mitigate. Ooh, so many mixed feelings on this. Um, you're a parent, so I'm sure you have a different view per, per view of this. I'm single. I love kids. I hate that kids have to worry about having active shooter drills in school and all this, but this is the reality in the United States. Um, that was the first thing I was thinking of, teachers being armed. Most teachers are white women or women. Mm-hmm. And if you're dealing with, say, boys, testosterone, hormones, that was a big concern because there are not enough male teachers in the school system as much anymore. So I had the racial cultural aspect where I could see that can be an issue. Teachers get fed up like bop bop. And then now you got a school shooting from your teacher to student. And as I mentioned, nothing is good or bad. That is a possibility. So where I would suggest is like our veterans, as as you mentioned, we mentioned, Lizzie Graham mentioned, that employ our veterans. And I don't want to say limited to our male, to limited to our male veterans, but there are plenty of females who can retain command and control of a classroom or a crowd, and they can be there armed, uh, how do you say, I don't want to say security yet. Let's just leave, leave it at that. Yeah. Um, I do like the concept of having... I'm torn on it because I can see the concept of having a firearm in the room made a biometric safe for only the teacher to get into, possibly. I feel like that's a good measure. Only the teacher has the passcode for that. So say something pops off, bloop, bloop pop it open, secure the kids, make sure they're good, and just be ready for the threat. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know, but then, like that, but it's like, okay. your point of failure is secure. We have a, we have, I'm sorry, your point of failure is technology. 
whereas if there is some sort of bug in that system, like battery failure, what have you, then the teacher can't access to that. It's going to be tricky. Like, now... We'll back up with a manual key. So hopefully you can okay. get with a backup with a manual key. So I'll throw that out there. I think those exist too. But go ahead. I see where you're coming from though. I'm just... I like the idea. And on paper, it sounds very, very nice. But just for me being the ultra preparedness type of guy, I just feel having that buffer of time, it, it was <laughs> like... Uh, I just see the scenario and playing in slow motion, and then the teacher slowly goes to turn the key while the shooter, da, 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 da. and then before they get it unlocked or whatever, like, they're dead. But, I don't know. Again, it's, I hope they give it a lot of thought before they yeah. pull it out and say, hey, okay, howdy doody. But, um,. <sighs> I don't, somebody brought this up, I was watching something before we got on here, talking about how almost you're going to make schools like prison, like lockdown, like metal detectors, all this. I don't want to see that, but I do want to see schools secure, if that makes sense. I feel like you can do that. I feel like you can secure a school without making it seem like it's a prison, high maximum, max prison, whatever. I feel like you can do it. And people might disagree with Lindsey Graham. I think his messaging was wrong, but his intent was there. Um, they should hire veterans that are highly qualified for this kind of work, would yes. gladly take care of kids, um, and just have fire teams at school. They could be playing clothes like uh, Secret Service, whatever, where they're not, where the staff and the kids know them, but maybe an outsider or visitor doesn't really know them like that. So they already have that rapport working there. Boom, they're already there. They know the kids, they know the environment, they know the layout, and they tactically train. You know what I'm saying? On a daily basis, what have you. I feel like that's a great avenue. Um, for I, like that. I like that approach too. And just for poops and giggles, I would come up with some sort of agency name just so you can have, you can streamline it across the nation and of course fund, the, fund it as well. But I think that that's a very brilliant idea and it's, <laughs> I'm not against the notion of metal detectors though. Okay. And if there's a, I'm gonna paraphrase Benjamin Franklin about something about security and freedom where it, there's always a compromise. And in this in this age where yeah we have over three hundred million guns and um, now you can three D print them like we need to have um, I think more guns on site letting the, letting how you say potential bad actors know that we are not soft targets that yo we'll shut that down you don't have to wait in addition to law enforcement response you'll have what fire team response less than five minutes on that. On those like I think establishing that precedent it's at least going to make active shooters re-strategize and the last thing we didn't get around to it. I'm sure you probably did you probably thought of this we just haven't brought it up inside the yeah. so that's why you would need mental uh, psychologists on site Indeed. engage with kids on a regular basis they should have it where i don't know randomly 
you pick kids out of class for maybe, I don't know, a 30-minute session, 15-minute session. Hey, how you doing? How are things at home? Da, 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 da. Kind of keep track, keep a barometer of this throughout the school year. During the, you know, especially during holidays, during um, tests coming up, you know, high anxiety, high stress, maybe. Um, prom time, like all these certain events. You know what I'm saying? Because anxiety goes up. Your kids, hormones yes. going. You know, your life is, everything revolves around school in your life. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that's a step to mitigate those insider threats. Because think about it. If you're a kid, a student knows all the procedures, you'll figure out a way to usurp those. Yes, so, it's a obviously, yeah, obviously, the vets that are going to be trained in this are aware that insider threats are possible, and that's why it would be important for them to talk to the kids on a human on a human basis. Hey, how you doing? Get to know them, know their interests. Hey, how's your dog so and so? Oh, what do you do here? Oh, what is that TikTok like? You know what I'm saying? What what's that dance? If you keep all the kids engaged and more like a communal thing, even with the fire team there, I feel like you'll have less. And those kids will probably go to the fire team members. Hey, I think little Johnny's not right. They can go up, talk to him. Hey, what's going on? We heard you weren't feeling well. In tune with the mental professional, mental health professional. Boom, flesh that out. You nip that in the bud real quick. Boom, that's a potential school shooter out of the way right there. I know we got the we got the facilities in place for mm -hmm. education, but we need to uh, crumple and rebuild the curriculum from the ground up. Yes. And add, you know, how do you say implement procedures like, like you mentioned before too. So yeah. What else we got on um on the rundown? Well, well, you want to end off on a philosophical one or? something fun. I don't know, it's up to you. Let's uh, we'll end off on the philosophical. Okay. Let's talk about that, uh, what was it, Maverick? Yeah, so I went and saw Top Gun Maverick, you know, shout out to the Navy, Sailors. Um, that was my first choice due to my late Uncle Buster. He was convincing me to go in the Navy. I was like this close, and then my cousin Darrell came through and was like, nah, bro, you made for the Air Force. Go to the Air Force. So, cool. Space Power, AEF. Um, so, yeah, man, so I was watching this. I was thinking about my uncle's stories of the Navy. It was really cool watching this. I had to watch the original Top Gun again to get refreshed before I watched the sequel. Yeah. And uh, very good st storytelling, very 80s, the first one, you know. Second one was like modern, still had in the step. Like they did it perfectly. If you want to talk about a sequel, mm -hmm. they did it perfectly. They had a perfect blend of nostalgia, modern times, um, they had so many things playing there, like fatherhood, camaraderie, patriotism. You had um, training, you know. You had getting called on the red carpet for all those vets that know. Those moments, oh my God, it was so many of those moments, it was hilarious. Like I was the only one laughing in the theater at certain moments, and I'm sure people were like, what the fuck are you laughing at? Like. But it was brilliant. Um, you got to see some test, you know, uh, concept planes in there. Really? That's all I was getting right there. I don't want to spoil it, but it was dope. Not gonna lie. Um, I'm gonna rewatch. It was a panel of actual naval pilots 
that were reviewing the film because of how realistic the flying was. So what I heard was they were actually flying. A lot of, I think all the actors or something like that, of course, yeah. Tom. It was 11, Tom Cruise, or his, his studio, they're paying the guys 11,000 hours to fly sorties for, yeah. for this film. I didn't get to see it yet. Like, I won't wait till it streams. Tom Cruise, okay. he had the opportunity to stream it. Like, I'm not He was like insulted that they presented him the opportunity to stream it. He wanted people to see this in, in the film. But Air Power, you know, I know it's a Navy film, but like, yeah, shout out this to was something they drove. I may watch it with the family a little bit later, but Top Gun was something that was driven into Air Force culture. Like, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, and I, I'm gonna bring another aspect of it. So a lot of tears during it for me, because uh, I just remember like you hear. For me, I hear taps. It triggers yeah, something. Yeah. Twenty one gun salute triggers something. Like all these are like, you know. So I was like seeing that casket. I'm like, all right. So on top of that, I had this conflicting feeling of patriotism being proud of serving, but also an undercurrent of disgust and anger watching this film. Because I'm looking at it as they had all diversity, all that, right? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you take that uniform off. Nobody knows you're in the military, da 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 da, right? This same pilot, just to keep it in this realm, can get shot from a cop, from a racist, or from somebody just trying to rob them, just whatever, right? I was just sitting there also with tears because I'm like, man, serve my country honorably, and I still gotta watch out, be um, cognizant of threats in my own homeland. I'm like, what the fuck? Like I was sitting there with that too, at the same time. I'm like, shit. And it's a conflicting feeling. I remember feeling this when I was in Afghanistan. We talked about this, I think, a couple episodes ago. That conflicting feeling. You're on this mission, the humanity, and what you go through at home, especially Black folks. And I just wanted to point that out. That was another thing I felt watching the film that made me emotional, because it's like, damn, man. And then you know how I feel about American exceptionalism and all this, like, it was cool. You had the moments in the movie, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? But then at the same time, like, you know, we shouldn't be fucking with people, shit, you know? So it's like, yeah, there's a lot of conflicting feelings too. But overall, A plus movie, I give it a 10, all that good stuff. Um, definitely watch the original so you have like a basis. You don't really have to watch the original if you didn't want to, but you should. Um, well done, very well done. I'm, um, right now, all I have access to or may have access to is the original. So I'm going to see where I can stream that at and, uh, how do you say, provide some commentary for the family. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, what well, we got? The last philosophical question, right? We'll close yeah. it up on here. Does a monkey have better survival skills than a human? <laughs> Cam sent me this question. I had to be like, what? <laughs> so... Well, now it's like you got survivalists uh -huh. you have uh you know 
we went to, we did a level of seer, you know, mm-hmm. that's survival, evasion, rescue, and escape, what have you, training. But it's like, if not even us, if the average individual were dropped off in the middle of nowhere, and then a monkey was dropped off in the middle of nowhere, who would find water first? Mmm. Okay, you put it that way. Ooh. Probably a monkey. For sure. I would say a monkey find it first. I would agree on the monkey as well. And my reasoning is like the monkey had millennia to hone its hence survival or not even survival because they're they thrive in their environments. The the based on their natural ability whereas humans just using a stick that became a tool and then hence we've limited our own physical abilities we stopped evolving our physical abilities and we started depending on technology Mm. our technology where i will push back because you got that group was sentinel island they're still surviving it's like very secluded group tribe of people that anybody touch that land they get murked. <laughs> like, and where is this again? I don't know exactly. I gotta look it up, but I I've heard of that. And then you got some indigenous folks deep in certain countries still surviving like naturally. And and, and again, uh, that's why I excluded Navy SEALs and military members in general. I'm talking about the average person. Okay. Like no plagues or nothing like that. How? What do you think humans would be able to achieve without technology? Ooh. Hmm. What would they be able to achieve without technology? Moving forward, right? I'm just. Let me put it to you this way. Okay. If there were no iPhones or anything of that nature. I wanted to talk to you from 400 miles away. How do you think humans would do it? Do you think, knowing that human potential, the mind, all this, this body that we we know very little about? It's just, I'm just thinking like it. Some hidden mutant powers <laughs> that we haven't used. I wouldn't even call it mutant. It's just like I think we these whole notions of telepathy like speaking through, through the mind and I think it's been dumbed down because even the notion of using words is primitive and I think that's what technology is trying to artificially create let me put a chip in your brain so you can talk without using words it's a yeah. artificial telepathy but I think human potential a long time ago with our ancestors we were capable of all this and I think we still are it's just a matter of yeah. leveling up raising vibrations but that's my thoughts man 
Yeah, that's all we got this week. You know, we kept it short, brief, hard hitting, gave y'all the meat and potatoes. Uh, be blessed out there. Upgrade America, upgrade yourself. We'll bring that back next week. Uh, way to upgrade yourself. And that's it. Anything else you got? Drink some water. Whoa. Whoa, hydrate. Hydrate. hydrate.